Welcome to the Faith is Not Blind podcast. I'm Sarah Devonier, and I'm here with Melissa. Welcome, Melissa. Thank you. Thanks for having me. We're really glad you're here, and we want to help our listeners get to know you a little bit. Could you just give a little bit of your background, where you grew up, and what your relationship was like with the church in your childhood? Sure. Um, so I grew up in southern Utah in St. George, and um, I grew up in a great household. Um, I'm the only girl with four boys, and that has proved to, I think, help me in a variety of ways within the church and in professionally. Um, I know how to work with men, and, and I was, I think, um, having a dad like I did that really, like, gave me wings to fly as a girl yeah. and, and treated me like my brothers, and there wasn't, like, a difference. Um, and so I think that was pretty formative in uh, when I have come up against things where it felt like I was, there was a division of gender stuff, and I was like, what? Yeah, so you felt like you always had a voice that was valued yes. as a female, which is fantastic. So in, in the church, it sounds like you felt like your voice was important. How, how did you develop a testimony in that sort of open, valued household? Yeah, um, well, now going to my mother, my mother's had like severe chronic illness since I was very young. Okay. And um, she was very, she wasn't like Pollyanna about it, so chronic pain and just uh, pretty intense stuff that goes on today. Um, but she, she was like open about her struggles enough to, you know, even, um, you know, difficulty in understanding how God could allow this to happen. Right. But then she was absolutely faithful in like for 20 years, she was the primary pianist because that's the only thing that she could do with her pain level. Oh my goodness. And so, so she's, she's a great living example of living through the complexity Yeah. and, and just sticking it through even when things didn't make sense. Right, and it sounds like she, like you said, it wasn't just about endurance and making sure that she is is faithful just by sheer will, but yeah. that she had a nice balance of acknowledging that there were hard things going mm -hmm. on, but wanting to push through them in a positive way. How did her example shape your testimony? Um, yeah, I think just um, observing that and, and also, um, she shared a lot about our female ancestry, which we have a line of some really strong women mm -hmm. who were um, in the church since the 1800s. Um, and even learning of their stories of faithfulness um, was really helpful. Uh, we, with, my mom was in and out of the hospital uh, for many years. And so we prayed hard as a family and we, um, we prayed for miracles, and sometimes they didn't come for a lot of years. But um, I think I also saw like this balance of faith and works, because my, my dad actually changed his whole career so that, to work with a family business so that he could have flexibility to take my mom all over the country to find mm. solutions. And so actively working on those solutions together with just putting our trust and asking God and priesthood blessings and and together 
we were able to find solutions um, over the years to help my mom. So I think that faith and works yeah. together to like make things happen. When you didn't get the miracles that you hoped for when you wanted them, how did you push through instead of just giving up and saying this, this isn't going to work, maybe the priesthood isn't going to help? What, what helped you keep going? I mean, in it, like to balance out like these hard things, I just had like a great childhood. Like we were really normal kids. We weren't like the kids of a sick mom. Somehow they were able to really yeah. um, have a great balance there. So, yeah, I think, I mean, as that kind of simple faith as a child, like um, it never was shaking because my parents kept going. So it is that just, just seeing them continuing to be there and continuing to serve, you know, my mom as much as she could. And my dad was always throwing his himself into his callings as well. And, um, reading scriptures together as a family, we weren't like perfect, but we tried. Yeah. And um, that was that was really important. It seems clear that your dad valued your mother enough enough to change jobs or move all around. And and that that valuing of women's voices is is so important inside and out of the church. And will you talk about how that shaped your decision about what you would do for a career? Sure. So again, I grew up like never thinking there was a lim any limits because I was female. Well, and, there, sh um, there shouldn't be. So. <laughs> right, right. But that there was, definitely that was can be. Yeah, that was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, well, what I do, I, um, this kind of came about through a chain of events. My undergrad was in special education, graduate school in public health. And both of those kind of set me on this path where I ended up um, 10 years ago in um, Sub-Saharan Africa in Uganda uh, for a summer and got to know the plight of women. And um, many of them, so many uh, throughout the developing world have the economic burden for the home, right. but there's very little work for women. And so that very naturally leads to a poverty situation. Right. Um, so seeing that situation it, together with a couple of friends, we just kind of naively thought, well, let's start something. And we, we didn't do a lot of market research. It's not like we, we totally knew what we were doing at all. Um, uh, but we started a nonprofit, um, at that type time called Musana. We've since rebranded, but we, um, uh, women make jewelry that we sell here in the U.S. and we provide um, not only consistent employment, which is the most important part for them to be able to yeah. pay for their kids to go to school and provide proper nutrition um, and a safe home, but um, then also providing literacy, business classes, wow. and health, health classes. So um, seeing these women able to get on their feet and and in turn break that generational cycle of poverty. And so that's kind of, from there, we, we now are working in several countries with mm -hmm. artisans sourcing their handmade products for companies in the US. And so, um, yeah, I've been able to see um, just human resilience and the, the will to push through difficulties. Um, and um, yeah, it's been a, a, a really, fun journey, totally not what I right. ever expected my life to be, <laughs> but um, 
yeah, it's been a great and journey. that that sort of expectation failure. I think it comes and it should come to everyone. And it, you're you're doing so many valuable things. How how do you reconcile the fact that maybe it is different, wonderfully different, but yeah. but different? How how have you used what you learned from your mother yeah. to be able to reconcile that in in good positive spiritual ways? So, whew, my mom. That <laughs> this that's a toughie to talk about. Um, <clears throat> as I've hit like life milestones, I always think about my mom because I'm I'm 35, single, and that and that aspect is has you know brought with it a lot of breaking up with all sorts of expectations that I had for my life. Sure. Um, but also like when I turned 30, that's when my mom's health problems started. So she had five little kids at 30 and she was basically bedridden, but she didn't let herself be bedridden. She's just this worker, but, um, so yeah, as I've, I've, as, especially as I've gotten into my thirties and thinking about my life and her life and what she was interesting, you yeah. know, navigating through. Um, but definitely, um, for, you know, kind of this, the mid singles sector of the church, um, we're an interesting group. Uh, a lot of us are navigating a lot, uh, unraveling expectations from our, from our upbringing and cultural expectations. Yeah. yeah. And I think, I mean, um, for sure. I, I think the young women's program was so great. I think in so many ways, very empowering for teenage girls. Um, but there's a few things like writing your list of like, all the things I want in a potential husband, right. like in those kind of conversations. Right. Um, there's been a lot of unraveling. Um, and I, I talk with a lot of girls in my situation within the church that um, coming to be like coming into our own of like, I'm proud of my career. Yes. And, and this, I'm following God's path for me. Like God has provided education and opportunity for me to be able to contribute to society. Yeah. And this is my path and really owning that path and something that I think mid twenties are the hardest for single women in the church. <laughs> that's like when you're like, wait, did I do something wrong? Like what's going on? All my friends are, was it, was I not praying hard enough or something? Yeah. Did, yeah, that's, did I miss opportunities? That's, right. But, um, the thing that helps me with that for sure is, um, yeah, especially doing this path that I just totally didn't expect. And, and I think it's for sure not just single people. Like, and that's what I'm saying, like my mom's situation. Right. Her yeah, I love, the, I love that you could learn from that, even though the situations were so different. Yeah. The idea of I, I need to learn from the path that I'm on yeah. is that parallel is beautiful. Totally. And just being able to, and I, I do this regularly when I, whenever I need to, but just... Um, in prayer, asking God, is, am I where I'm supposed to be like today? Mm. And, and if that answer is yes, that means there's no regrets from the past. Like I didn't, I, sh you know, I, I don't need to think back with regret of like, oh, I should have done that. Or maybe I, today I'm where I'm supposed to be. Right. And this is my path. And, and also I remember I, um, in my late twenties, I was in a ward with girls kind of my age and I gave a relief study lesson that was, um, and it was like a fifth Sunday kind of like 
choose your own adventure. So <laughs> it's kind of cheesy, but my the the title was like Rocking Plan B because a lot of us felt like we were in our Plan B. Right. But I actually um, have have kind of moved beyond that idea. Mm-hmm. It was it was totally right for me at the time, but this really owning that this is not I'm not living plan B this no. is my plan A like yeah, this like is that. my plan this is God's plan if I'm staying in touch with him this is this is what it was all along right so I didn't miss out on stuff like this is it and owning that really is empowering and um and makes things exciting like okay this is this totally uh this total total surprise in heartbreaking ways and in exciting ways. Right. There are things, really fun things about my life that I had never even considered. Well, and the, the, the women that you're able to help. I mean, yeah, what a, what a great plan A. I love that. <laughs> um, as you talk about having friends that are in a similar situation. What has helped you stay in the church, even when it's been difficult, especially cultural? Because there are these cultural expectations. Um, what has helped you stay faithful and stay in the church when it's been difficult? Yeah, um, definitely. I I am in like a constant, you know, cyclical pattern of times where, and I think of no doing of my own. Doubts come, you know, where where I just have times where, for whatever reason, I like almost doubt everything. Um, uh, just these thoughts come and not feeling guilty about that. Um, just realizing that this is okay. I am presented with these thoughts that are challenging everything that I've ever, you know, stood on and, um, and taking that opportunity to really like kind of, it, it, it kind of naturally breaks apart your, you know, what, what's always been there, your, your testimony. Right. And being able to like look at it from a new perspective, this this open, yeah, opened thing, and be able to really see, um, okay, these are things that I am just not sure of that I don't quite get or I don't really like, <laughs> and then these are, but then really diving into what are the things that really resonate and that I love and that, and that bring me peace and meaning. And, and it's, I can name what those things are, those things that I really, um, like can really hold on to. Right. Um, like the teachings that we get about the character of God within the church, the specificity of his character, Mm -hmm. um, and, and our understanding of a Heavenly Mother is beautiful and quite unique. And um, that the idea of His endless mercy, and then that, that goes into this, this, the perspective of the plan of um, pre-mortal, our life right now and after this life and eternal progression, and that that's yeah. God's whole point is right. like, how can I nudge my kids along in this journey. And so, and, and, and that helps me navigate a lot of things um, with, you know, understanding people that struggle 
um, struggle to feel like they have a place within the church. Yeah. Um, understanding that we are all on this journey and that that God is working on all of us in and out of the church to help us along our journey. Yeah. And understanding that the journey absolutely spills over into the next life. I just love that we know that there are not just second chances, but like third, fourth, and infinity chances. Yeah. Like we know that. And sometimes I totally get why we need to focus on the importance of mortality and all the choices that we're making here. But knowing that there's so much after this and that those that have just had pretty unfair, you know, especially compared to my pretty charmed life, uh, uh, what feels like a pretty unfair um, shot at life, whether that be, you know, life circumstances, poverty, mental illness, etc., that like it's not all contained to this life. And that's a part of our doctrine. Right. And when you when you say, I like the fact that you said you sort of open it up and you, you can almost deconstruct it in a way and say, these doctrines are unique to our faith. Very unique. Like you talked about with the plan of salvation mm -hmm. and God's character mm -hmm. and the atonement of Jesus Christ. They are unique to our doctrines. Mm -hmm. And so to be able to open those up and say, compared to some of these other things, maybe they're sort of ancillary and, mm -hmm. and not central. Mm -hmm. And I, I think a, a lot of what I've been noticing about your story is it centers around choice, which again, mm -hmm. what a great doctrine. Yeah. To have absolutely. agency and, and that you choose to believe. There are things I can choose to believe and then act on. Mm -hmm. And the other things I'll work on, but these central things I, I will choose as a strong woman, like you said, mm -hmm. and, and make them mine, make them my plan A. Mm -hmm. These are my plan A beliefs and, and they're important. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And they, these core things help me navigate the hard things. Yeah. The, you know, um, LGBT issues, uh, you know. And there are some really issues. hard things and I, and I think it's okay to acknowledge that. Totally. But they, they help me understand when there's things that I just can't, un uh, that I have a hard time reconciling. I know and, and understanding the character of God right. and the, under, the, the character of Christ in his mortal life and who he was with and how he was towards people and how he just like gave such hope and, and was, was with people that thought differently than him, like purposefully. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I on purpose. That. Yeah. Well, I appreciate the way that you live purposefully. I, you're a great example, um, especially to women in the church. Thank you for sharing it and thank you for living the way that you do so deliberately. 